This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, where the hosts are just like a colonoscopy, where we're a huge pin in the ass. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me, I have my gorgeous co-host, Yvette Dontremont. Yvette, how you doing? I've been trying not to laugh this whole time because we just botched this intro twice, and I kept interrupting you, and I'm sorry. I just, I had to just let this laughter out because, oh, my God, oh, good laughter. It's healing. It's nice. Oh, that felt good. I hope you felt that at home, audience. I mean, Ooh. I'm pretty sure in one of the fl- flubs that I did, I said I had a big tongue. Where oh, that felt good, too. Why did I say that? You know, sometimes... It's not even that big. You got to speak your truth, Alice, and your truth is that you have a big tongue, and I'm okay with that. Uh, you know what? No, it's just the new iPhone cameras. If you do it at a certain <laughs> angle... You know, there's photographic evidence that I have a Gene Simmons-esque tongue over on our Instagram where you should all be following. That's true, at TGOM Podcast. Yeah, Alice stuck out her big old uh, lizard dick, or it's a tentacle. Tentacle or lizard? Oh, I don't know what monster that was. That kind of looked like a tentacle dick. It was a bad dragon uh, dick that was sent to us in PR. Th- uh, thank you very much, bad dragon, for sending me something that is aspirational only. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, you know, you know the the uh, the saying. No guy has a tentacle dick. This isn't an uh, aspirational Ooh. for anyone. <laughs> Vince, do you know any men with tentacle dicks? See, I don't know yes. if that would be like considered a compliment or an insult because I feel like noodle dick is an insult and noodles <laughs> are kind of like tentacles. So I feel like tentacle dick would be not a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, I can see why that wouldn't be a good thing. I guess if it was like, if it had like articulation uh, capabilities, that would be pretty cool. Noodles don't have that. So, oh, well, that's true. I mean, rigatoni doesn't get that big. I mean, Bucatini's mm-hmm. the only one that has like a little pee hole, really. Unless you go like penne, but then that's just like a really big hole. Probably bad. You should get that checked out <laughs> at a hospital, which, you know what? That's where the show is going down because hey. we're going to. We reviewed a porn that was set in a hospital. Love emergency. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we need to introduce Vince. So uh, we have, by the way, if this uh, voice sounds familiar, if you've listened to the <laughs> Film Drug broadcast, we have Vince Mancini, and he's also the senior film and culture writer for Uproxx. So Vince, you just made us more professional just by showing up today. Oh, wow. That's, that's <laughs> never happened to me before. Usually I like subtract from the professionalism at least... 30%. You have senior writer on your on your resume. I just have writer on mine. Yeah. So. Well, I forced them to do that because I was uh, literally like the most senior employee. So like, I think I just, I got that on a technicality. I don't think I actually, I aged into that without actually getting promoted. Go with it though. Go with it. Yeah. Se- senior. It's, you know what? It means, it means you outlasted people. It means they didn't get rid of you. That's right. <laughs> and in this writerly environment, Ooh, that says something. You just keep showing up until they tell you that uh, your key card doesn't work anymore. I mean, that's pretty much what happened with most of the writers in California. So, <laughs> yeah. And Vince and I are writers in California, and that hasn't happened to us. Yeah. So, you know, you're good. We're either good or just, we've just had the, just enough viral pieces to be worth it. Just hard to get rid of, like shingles. <laughs> it keeps coming back. Well, shingles or herpes. Uh... <laughs> Same virus, really. 
Well, it's some doctor out there who's shaking your head at me or nodding, going, yeah, kind of, but not really. Just write us and tell me why, ex- what the exact wrongness of the statement is to info at twogirlswanmike.com. Because I, I know it's kind of right, but I also know it's kind of wrong. Like it's the herpes zoster virus. I don't know. Sounds right to me. I'd say we go with it. That sounds like a thing I've read somewhere on the internet and I'm not a doctor. Don't take medical advice from me, please. Go. To, my only medical advice is if you're sick, go to your doctor. Don't take medical advice from a fucking porn cast. Well, <laughs> speaking of which, we're going to be reviewing <laughs> yes. a medical porn. And okay, so by the way, I am so stoked for this because... This was so much fun. Well, also, this was a recent porn. This ha- this came out last year. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was... I thought it was like a little longer ago than... But yeah, this was really good. It was really reminiscent of like early parodies. But like, I want to see this because this year, this specific porn, by the way, Love Emergency, uh, which was made in 2019... At the AVNs, it won for Best Director of Comedy, Best Comedic Screenplay, Best Comedy, and an Expos Award for Comedy Movie of the Year. So... Question, because I'm just not up on every recent, like... Totally fair. I'm obsessed. It's fine. I'm just not up on every recent uh, rom-com. This isn't a parody, correct? No. Okay. I was making sure because I'm listening to you describing it. I'm like, I don't think it's a parody. I couldn't find <laughs> anything indicating that it was one. But like, maybe I missed like a Kate Hudson movie that came out that just, you know, only made five million at the box office. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I was this wondering if happened. Gerard Butler was like the original <laughs> Danny Seaman cardiologist. <laughs> oh my God. It was, oh it would have either been him or Colin Firth. <laughs> no, Colin Firth, he's too straight-laced. I don't know. I oh, don't know yeah. if he could do that. But, I mean, they would have had to have pornified everything. So, like, everything that was, like, banging would have just been, like, an eyebrow raise. And, like, the panties would have fallen mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. More erotic that way, really. Oh, yeah. It's like he just has to look at a woman a certain way and just, mm, river. I mean, what's Hugh Grant doing nowadays? He's probably starring in one of these types of flicks. He's <laughs> tweeting a lot. That's what Hugh Grant's doing. He's doing some some liberally tweeting. I am impressed with the uh, outright like it's been some political tweeting from Hugh Grant. He was also in Paddington too, and gave an Oscar worthy <laughs> Oscar worthy performance, if I do say so. Like I really was hoping that he would get a nomination for that role because if anytime an actor plays an actor, I'm always there for it. But especially so when it's Hugh Grant in like a pastel suit. So that was that was enjoyable. Didn't Paddington 2 get like a 100% Rotten Tomato score? Yeah, wow. something like that. It's like high. Is it 100? I'm going to have to look now, but it was definitely in the high 90s at least. Wow. I did not know. Let's see. What do we have? Yeah, 100%. Now I know I have to go watch Paddington 2. Am I right or am I right? You're right. I just care about being right. I think you're a trivia whiz. Which I'll be actually doing... The Good Place trivia later on tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> so guess who spent the last 48 hours rewatching all four seasons of The Good Place? You do. You find a thing you want and you just you go get that beautiful butterfly. You, <laughs> you go into a fly in layout for what you want every time. So do I of you guys watch The Good Place or no? I have not yet. And I have no reason to think I wouldn't like it. I keep hearing that it's good. I've never watched it, but I haven't I can't watch anything on network just because I've like I haven't been able to since like 30 Rock, but maybe this one will be the one. So Michael Shore, basically creator of Parks and Rec, if you're a fan of Parks and Rec, because of the success of all of that, the network basically said, hey, why would you make a show about anything you want? And he decided to make one on 
philosophy. <laughs> oh my God. Why have I not watched this yet? Right? Okay, fine. You got me. I'll go fucking watch it. You're welcome. Okay, fine. You sold all you had to, all anyone had to say to me was it's on philosophy. And when you're done, there's a porn of it. <gasps> oh, oh my God. I mean, that's an easy oh. porn parody title to get to. The Goo Place. You don't even have to change the title. Yeah, so this porn. Uh, so Love Emergency. So it was actually written and directed by Will Ryder. And we've watched one of his movies before. Oh, which one? We've watched Not the Wizard of Oz. Oh, I didn't realize that was him. Cool. Yeah. He's also done a ton of other parodies. American Hustle Triple X, Not the Brady Bunch, Grease Triple X. Mm-hmm. Another one does not need a porn parody name. Um, Not Animal House, Not the Three Stooges. And not South Park. But what is not the Three Stooges? Not South Park. I'm terrified and titillated. Well, they all can't be like in fourth grade. I hope not. Or it could be the adults. Oh, that's true. Oh, my God. Who plays Randy? Who plays um, What's-His-Face's mom? Or Kyle's mom. She's the one that's a bitch. Yes. Right? She's a big fat bitch. She's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. (laughs) world. Yes. I was thinking Cartman's mom because she's kind of known for getting around town. Yeah, she's a slut. She'd be the one that would be having the sex yeah. on South Park. Right. And the teachers. And, oh, uh, Mr. Garrison. Mm-hmm. Or however Mr. Garrison identifies this season. We will respect and honor that. Yeah, he became a woman and then he turned into Donald Trump. Like I said, whichever season it is, we will respect and honor <laughs> Mr. Garrison. <laughs> Mr. Slash Mrs. Garrison's wishes. That was an interesting character. My God. So before we dive right into the film and the me and the grit of it, so what did you guys think? <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, surprisingly good. Like I did not expect the most of that much of the comedy to land, but I guess it makes sense that it won all those awards. But I also had like a personal note. Sorry for like digressing right off the bat, but I'm like ninety. 90- no, you're not. Digress. You're allowed. You're allowed. Digress, please. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about ninety percent sure that they shot that in my old neighborhood because I recognized the house. Ah! <laughs> and uh, just to like bolster that point, like about a year and a half ago, I was sitting at the coffee shop in Highland Park, which was my old neighborhood, and I saw Tommy Pistol walk by, and I was like, hey. Is that Tommy? And so I like sent him a tweet and then he like turned around and then we like hung out and had coffee. So now I'm like (laughs) between the house and the fact that I randomly saw Tommy Pistol walking by. I'm wondering, like, did he shoot that porno that day? Is that why he was in the neighborhood? Tommy, if you're hearing this, we we need to know. Yeah. He's constantly a busybody and constantly working. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was in your old neighborhood or if he was just shooting something that day. Scott, I feel like every time I text him, he's like, I'm at work. I'm shooting. I'm shooting. I'm shooting. Someone has to be pounding all those women. (laughs) Sure. And it may as well be Tommy's pistol. But um, it's just I sorry. It's uh, look. If it wasn't for lame jokes and dirty jokes, I would lose about ninety eight percent of my humor. It's only about two percent actual cleverness. So aside from Tommy Pistol, we had Riley Steele, Misty Stone, Kenzie Reeves, Liv Wilde, Sarah Findala. We had Christy Canyon. Yeah, Christy, Christy Canyon, Canyon cameo. It was Love awesome. She Which was one adorable. was she? So she was the one. And spoiler alert uh, for those of you who wait, we spoil everything yeah, on no. the show. <laughs> yeah, we're spoiling a, a, a porn plot for you guys. We're very sorry. But she's basically the one who like outed Tommy as in the film as uh, not actually being a doctor because shockingly he's not uh hey he was almost a doctor kind of yeah to be fair he was almost a doctor i'm gonna 
argue about this on the show today. <laughs> I mean, this we have to argue about medical ethics on this show. We really are. Well, he said he dropped out a year into medical school. And I'm like, what? That means he's he's has his undergrad degree and he dropped out a year into the postgraduate portion, or did he drop out one year into the like? It's kind of a big difference there, you know. Right? Yeah, it's the timeline on when he left medical school seemed slippery because if you dropped out a year into medical school, you don't get like a few days of. Tra- it's not like montage time. Put on a few gloves and then you take a test and you're fine. Mm-hmm. I like the slippery timeline. I always look for that when I'm like, when I'm renting a porno. I'm like, but wait, is the timeline slippery? Because that's what I'm into. But <laughs> <Ba-dum. laughs> <laughs> so the plot of this film, uh, as a general summary, is we have Vincent Ferreira, who is played by Tommy Pistol. He's an unemployed panhandling failed con man and med school dropout living in his mom and stepdad's basement. He's a really bad con man. Right? And we're going to talk about that. He's way better at faking his way through doctoring than he is as a con man. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Who did he con? I don't think he conned anyone. I mean, I guess he conned like the first. $17. Yeah. Yeah. He dropped out to be a professional freeloader, and he was a very bad freeloader. But is it a con if you're just pretending to be homeless? Because I feel like people, when they see a homeless person and give money to, like, they're 50% sure it's, it's a con as it is. I don't know if that qualifies as a con. Yeah. Like, I don't think you're really even tricking someone at that point. Everyone's in on the scam is what it is if you're scamming them. I guess if there's a wig involved. Oh, man. Actually, from what I was reading, uh, the panhandlers who tend to do better happen to generally dress up more and Mm. say, uh, you know, I lost my wallet or I need just five bucks for a ticket or something Mm -hmm. like that. And most people won't think about that as opposed to someone who's panhandling on the street, which, by the way, people don't make a lot of money panhandling. I did research into this. I, I want to know what the average per day rate of a panhandler was. And on an average day, they'll make 30 bucks. Yeah, and and no benefits either. Yeah, it doesn't sound like people are doing this to, you know, it's like, I'm going to leave my cushy job to sit on the, this is not an employment opportunity, folks. Yeah. In 2007, there was a Las Vegas study that found uh, that 75% of participants earned less than $400 each month from handling. So guys, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. Oh my God. The fact that there are some people who are sure it is and that everyone's like, this is just a, a scam. Well, yeah. we've all heard anomalies of like, this woman says she makes sixty to $100,000 a year panhandling. Yeah. like, And there's always that one Mary Kay lady that's got a huge house and three cars and six vacations a year from it. Oh, my God. And then there's everyone else in the mm, pyramid scheme. I mean, not that I'm saying Mary Kay's a pyramid scheme. I'm saying that there are pyramid schemes that happen that... <laughs> have this structure where there's only one person that gets a house and a car. Mm -hmm. It's just a business that's shaped like a pyramid. It's not a pyramid scheme. It has multiple levels and it just happens to be that the top ones are very small and the bottom ones are very big. And the shape that you draw from that is, uh, that's your own inference. And your success is dependent solely upon the fact that you have to draw on the success of others. Yeah. Kind of like, parasitic relationship i actually lost so many friends to the pyramid scheme it works it works is that the rap one the yeah but they do supplements tons of supplements i lost a friend to that that i'd known since i was five and she was 
three. Uh, and she like, and it, it was literally one comment to her Facebook page when she posted she was selling it. And I just was like, hey, I forget. I wasn't even that snarky. And like, <laughs> I, I, I know me saying that it's like hold, it's like slow your rolly bed. <laughs> not that not even, snarky. Not, oh. Are you sure? Are you sure? But it was the worst thing that they've heard all month. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. All month, it's, you you broke you broke their heart. You broke their <laughs> dog's heart. Like, um, no, I mean, I'm very sure that it was it was civil because I try to be when I'm trying to change someone's mind on something. I wasn't that bad, and just never mind. Defriended, blocked. Wow, immediately. Well, she can't allow your negativity into her pyramid. Otherwise, it doesn't work. I believe her brother was my first kiss. I mean, like, (laughs) this was like, we grew (laughs) up together. Like, it was was crazy. But yeah, I just, you know, doesn't work. (laughs) Over the weekend, I told my uh, fiance that I, like, I'd rather that she uh, be addicted to opiates than get into a a multi-level marketing scam. (laughs) She looked at me like that was a really bad thing to say, but I feel like I stand by no, it. No, you know, I can understand somebody getting addicted to opiates. Yeah. Like, I feel like it is easier. To, I feel like that is a more understandable thing to have happen. Yeah, and they're not hassling you to buy stuff from them, usually. They might, like, sell your car or, like, the silverware or something, but at least they're not, you know, constantly hassling you to buy face creams. I don't want to shame anyone out there. So let me let me backtrack a little because I'm sure there's someone going, I have this lovely friend who makes it like, like I feel five years ago before everyone, before the market was so saturated and we'd seen people uh, lose a ton of money on all the various, like, you know, the stupid fucking leggings and the like (laughs) we've seen enough people like lose all their money and have these with all of these uh, different companies. That it's like at this point, if you see someone who, you know, go, slides into your DM saying, hey, girlfriend, it's been mm-hmm. forever. Like, just <laughs> just say, like, this is a bad idea. And I feel like we should know that by now. So it's like if you see something that is signed up for work and you have to pay to work and it's like you have to pay for your kit, that's not you're not working. Right. Like, you, they pay you to work. That's how work works. This is you're paying them. It's, well, this is an entrepreneurship opportunity. Yeah, you're not a business owner. They own you. I think what we need to do is a couple internet rules. Number one, we ban the word hun. It'll wipe <laughs> out 50%. 50% of 50. the Karens are gone. Oh, not not only the Karens. 50% of MLM posts gone tomorrow. <laughs> oh and God. also the overuse of emojis. Hashtag boss babe. Guys. Hashtag boss babe. Gone. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way, do you see their paragraphs about how they become their own boss and oh, and how many emojis they use? Minimum 20 emojis. Is that in the handbook? I need to know. Someone send me a handbook of like it works or Lululemon shit or whatever. I need to know how many em- emojis are they telling you you must have per post? It's no longer pieces of flair. It's, we're, we're doing emojis now. Well, I mean, oh if you start God. a cult that relies on positivity, I think uh, the emojis that naturally manifest like <laughs> fake, fake positivity manifests itself in over emoji use. Because it's kind of like when you're sending a work email and you use way more exclamation points than you would. So people don't think <laughs> oh that you hate God. them. Uh, I feel like the emojis was just the next step. Like, I feel like if Marshall Applewhite, him and his all his followers hadn't died like in the 90s like if they're around now it would probably just be a lot of emojis in all of the dispatches 
this reminded me of a practice I have as a writer. Do you ever go back through like an email or like an essay you're writing and like take out a bunch of exclamation points because you're like, I feel like a sociopath for having this many exclamation <laughs> points. Something is wrong. I feel like I use them like exclusively uh, sarcastically. I feel that. I don't know if I've ever earnestly used one. I think I've used them to try to express when my eyebrows are going nuts, uh, which is <laughs> far too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, no, you must feel the expression of my eyebrows right now. So what you're saying is when the Botox is kicking in, you need emojis to convey your emotion <laughs> because your eyebrows can't. It's like, look, my Botox face is making a mad face right now and I need help. Yeah. Emojis <laughs> do the work that your face no longer can. It's, it's, yeah. So... Is there a correlation with Botox use and overuse of emojis? Listeners, if you're willing to fund us to conduct this study, I think we're down for it. Yeah, that's a thesis. That's a thesis right there. I'm willing to put my face on the line for this. <laughs> I enjoy making fun of myself for this, and I, I, I have no qualms about all the neurotoxin I inject into my epidermis. Or is it the dermis? I either way, I have no qualms about this. So going back to the porn, we're right in the beginning where Vinny is panhandling and trying to, he, he's trying to panhandle for a dollar and he meets this nurse who's beautiful, but she's not interested. And, you know, we go to his home where his mom and his stepdad are basically talking about how he needs to get a job and start paying rent because he gets free food, free rent. And, uh, it's kind of a weird conversation because she talks about uh, the stepmom about how his blood pressure is rising, but she thinks X-lax. Did you? I didn't understand. Like, why was she suggesting X-lax? Yeah. So this entire movie, it kind of she keeps mixing up blood pressure medication and constipation meds. So like this actually made me because I have high blood pressure, but also IBS. So like when she started saying X-lax. <laughs> For his blood pressure, I was like, oh, my God, is the high blood pressure the reason for the IBS? Like, it made me, like, rethink my own diagnosis. Like, oh, shit, is this porno going to teach me something about my body? That's great. Look, I'm just saying X-lax sounds like a bad treatment for IBS. That's just sounds <laughs> yeah. like something that's going to make shit a little more irritable. Yeah, you know that'd be a, yeah, they'd go the opposite way. But there's both kinds of IBS, so... True, true. I don't know what the different ki- how the different kinds manifest. So, well, there's there's diarrheal IBS and there's constipatory. That's probably not a word, <laughs> but you it can give you loose or hard ones. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bodies are fun, aren't they? Yeah. And then she says at one point, no bananas for you. It'll spoil your supper. I've never <laughs> had some. <laughs> I just I it made no se- like I feel like. Something went wrong in script editing here or something went right. I don't know. That's something only monkeys say. (laughs) I need to know, like, who in their personal life where their spouse keeps eating bananas and then by the time dinner comes around, I'm sorry, I'm not really that hungry. I had that banana. Oh, yeah. It was a big banana. (laughs) Oh, God, I bet. (laughs) I was trying to find anything I could out of that. But I felt like this movie was really good at, like, anticipating uh, your disbelief. Because, like, the first scene, he comes out, and I'm like, come on. This hobo is, like, too upbeat and positive. There's no way this guy's a real hobo. And then, boom, we find out. Immediately. Find out he's not a hobo. And then I'm like, okay, he's not a real hobo, but what the hell is going on with his hair? He's just a guy with really bad hair. And then, boom, he takes the wig off. And then, To be fair, a lot of pornos, they keep just really bad wigs on the entire movie. Yes, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, and it was playing with my sense of disbelief there. 
And then again, I was like, oh, he's like the uh, irresponsible son. And I like that they didn't bother like dyeing the gray hairs in his beard. And then like a second later, the dad's like, come on, Vince, you're 36. And I was like, oh, okay. He's not like a little kid. It was kind of, you know, like you expect them to keep the wig on and you expect them to be playing a character who's like half their real age. But uh, this movie was like, no, you uh, everything that you thought was true. And so Vince makes $17 in a day. And so, okay, I forgot that he was 36. I didn't, for some reason, my brain didn't register that part. So eventually he goes to his room, which is he lives in his parents' basement. And he and his friend are trying to start a band where, I mean, if you're 36 at that point, I think it's more realistic if they were just starting a podcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, I mean, 20, this came out in 2018 or 2019? 2019. 2019. Yeah. Podcast. Right. Come on. You're 36. Graduate. Do your market research. (laughs) Podcast. They don't even have bands anymore. Come on. Are bands even real? Yeah. Do people music? (laughs) Honestly, podcasts are the new bands. And I, I actually, podcasts are also the new startups. I will stick by that because most of them fail. People have t-shirts. <laughs> you sometimes do live shows. Yeah, they're both responsible for a lot of unused swag. A lot of them starting garages. Yeah. A lot of them are really bad ideas. Yeah. A lot of them are started by guys in their late 30s and 40s who have given up a lot of hopes and dreams. And most of them are completely redundant. Yeah. All right. So Look, I'm saying I'm included in that pile too. <laughs> so we uh we learned a little bit about the hospital. This hospital is really unprofessional as well. I mean, the nurses take selfies with patients' penises. I feel that would be a violation of something. I feel like this is a right. thing that like, you know, see something, say something. Somebody should have should have said something by now because there's a lot of Sienna things. I bet that's happened before. You mean the that doesn't surprise me? Oh yeah, this kind of stuff definitely. Yeah, if you found a patient that had like a medically large penis and you wanted to show your other medical professionals, I mean that seems plausible to me. I am not a nurse. I should also add. I'm pretty sure (laughs) this does violate some stuff. Yeah, like I'm uh, (laughs) number one. I'm sure it happens. Number two, I'm sure it's illegal. Yeah, no, that's not HIPAA compliant. But I feel like it's probably happened at one point. Well, one thing that's uh, here's a a kind of side note of things that's weird and fucked up and does happen and is completely legal. There are some states where women can, uh, during surgical procedures, get pelvic exams from medical students while they're knocked Um, out for no. like completely unrelated to the surgery they're having. Just uh, this is, you know, it's a good time for these students to practice in many cases without their consent. Do you know what states that's legal in? I am not sure about that. But hey, if you're about to have surgery, check out if it's legal in your state, ladies, because um, that's the thing that could happen because you have a uterus. You just have to write do not finger me in a Sharpie over <laughs> over your crotch right before no you go in for surgery. No finger banging. Yeah. Not this labia, not this labia either. Just like when they're going to operate on a specific uh, leg or arm, you should write, you know, on the Sharpie, this leg, this arm, you know, reduce the risk of medical malpractice. Also, you know, just don't touch. Nope. Right above the clitoris. Hashtag no means no. You can just draw a big circle around it and then like a slash through it. So. Oh, God. It'll be the first time someone found it easily. (laughs) (laughs) oh man we're going to get at least one listener who you know says but i tried it and it didn't work they had they had (laughs) questions 
Oh, dear God. But I heard it on a podcast that I should do it. <laughs> Two Girls, One Mike is not responsible for any medical decisions you take based upon our advice. Can we talk about, like, the ambiguously gay or not ambiguously gay bandmate? Right? He's yeah. a fascinating character. I think he was bi, definitely, yeah. in this film. Yeah, he had some sexual... Uh, sexual fluidity? orientation fluidity, yes, yeah. is what I'm going for there. I would say he was scripted as delightfully gay uh, in characteristics. Well, he was introduced by the father saying, like, where's that fairy? So you kind of like yeah. were pre-biased before he even showed up. Yeah, and I mean, his clothes were, I mean, I would say coded gay mm-hmm. is is the right uh, term yeah. for that. Because- he was like Mexican sitcom gay. Exactly. The network approved of this type of gay. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, the birdcage gay. Yes. Uh, the Lindsey Graham gay. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsey Graham's definitely got a pool boy who looks like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Lindsey Graham hired this guy himself as his pool boy gay. Lindsey Graham's pool boy has a pool boy that looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> If you're mad about this, email us info at Two Girls One Like. We'd love to hear it. Love to. <laughs> One of the things I was personally really impressed about is when they actually had an emergency scene. They actually did some research. Yeah, I, I was. I'm like, they're using some relatively accurate medical terminology here. They're not just going 500 milligrams of acetaminophen. Stat. Like they did a little homework. I was really proud. Like the BP was dropping. They were trying to stabilize him, so they used a defibrillator on him. And then the doctor ordered uh, after that vasopressin or epinephrine, which technically, I mean, epinephrine, I believe, is given in the first uh, and maybe repeated every three to five minutes. And if it's not effective, they move on to another medication. But they suggested like 400 milligrams and it like it sounded accurate. And based on what I Googled, it seemed accurate. I think they went too heavy into the like the medicine there and they forgot that it was like a porno because I feel like it would have been a really good <laughs> porn parody where it's like, oh, no, her DP is dropping. We got to get another dude in here. <laughs> like, I feel like they could have like replaced a few implements with like dicks mm-hmm. or like vibrators. Like, you know, instead of a scalpel, like here's I need one Hitachi magic wand set on two stat. You know, like I feel mm-hmm. like they're th- like to get her back to life. They just, you know, had to like fire up her clitoris. Like, come on. I said forceps, not foreskin. <laughs> I personally appreciate the little bit of medicine, you know, that they did decide to inject into this porn and that they went accurate, you know, Uh, uh, you know, when a patient. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You you have me in stitches. (laughs) I love you. Who is the doctor? Who is the actor that's playing the doctor? Oh, fuck. There were a couple. I don't know. Do you mean the older man or? Yeah, he seemed like a. Hell's Angel, like he he looked like a biker, but then when he talked, he sounded like he had a theater trained voice. Like he had, oh my God, right? he had a very like gravelly like theater voice. So it was kind of like inventing a backstory for him in my head, where he was like an ex <laughs> theater kid biker guy who became a doctor. A lot of levels to him, we'll say. There are layers to this man. Yes, I think it was Brad Newman or Frank. Buckwide or Brad Armstrong. It was one of them. 
There were a lot of guys. There there were 24 or 27 people in this cast. That's a so huge cast for a I mean, course. the best thing huge is like cast. just people show up to like do stuff that requires nudity but then don't have sex, which was like my favorite I part. I love it. There was one person in like the emergency scene room um, in one of them. She was like a mid-30s a Filipina woman who was just so serious. She never <laughs> had any sex scenes at all, but she was the most believable character. I thought, oh, yeah. did they take her from a hospital? She was there to save a life and you were there with her. Right. Yeah. She brought you to the love emergency. She brought the realness. I also oh, yeah. thought the mom, I don't know who what the actress's name, but uh, I thought she was actually like a really effective comedic actress. Like she found the essence of that character and stayed in it the whole time yes. very well. Like she was doing like this is meant to be laughed with and laughed at, which is a really hard like dance to do as an actor. And even people that are in like Tommy Wiseau could not do that. Like from the room, like he no. he is a completely earnest. But then like if you tell him like this is supposed to be funny, it's going to be terrible. And I feel like most oh, yeah. B movie actors. Uh, that are in like cult classics are like that, where if they know it's supposed yeah. to be funny, they can't do it. And she like Ooh. knows this is supposed to be funny, but it's also we're supposed to laugh at her, which was uh, pretty impressive. Like she gets that it's genre humor and right. she's there in it. Like Mrs. Mathis never found that gear. Like she was the she was the counter example where it's like, OK, she's like too in on the joke to where now it's not funny because like she hasn't quite committed. You know, she's like trying to get a laugh out of every line. True, I liked but her, Mrs. Though. Mathis is from uh, where? She was the one who got the enema. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, that's true. So we'll talk, talk about that in one quick second, but I do want to bring up the hospital administrator before we get to that scene. That so, was an interesting character with Tourette syndrome. <laughs> he actually gave a shit about how the hospital was run, and he actually cared about HR issues. And he was totally villainized for it because everyone <laughs> just wanted to touch penises. Well. A nurse comes to him and says, some of the doctors have been trying to fuck me, and he's clearly concerned. And he's, he's like... <laughs> Like, he's the good guy here. He's like, you poor thing. Like, uh, but what I can like I do? This, this was very much an anti-for-profit uh, healthcare system parable. And so, you know, it's like he played his role as uh, somehow both the villainized administrator because he was denying people medical care, but he did care about his staff. So he wasn't all bad. There was nuance there. Yeah, that's true. There was nuance there. Gosh, I just, I don't know if I would feel ever comfortable working in a hospital situation where they felt so comfortable to say, like, hey, we want to use your office for sex because the ER gurneys are killing my knees. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of forward. Not to mention, like, I feel like that that displays a lack of boundaries. Right. It's like, you know, time at a place. Like, if you're going to bang in a place that's not like I was saying within the bounds of this universe, does this break the boundaries of like does asking, can I use your office to bang? Does that break normal boundaries for that universe? I mean, and I would assume you had a really good union that you could be like that. <laughs> like you and your boss could have frank discussions about where you have sex on the job. Uh, I mean, would that we all had a union that that good. Oh, man. Is this where you lead into hashtag Birdie 2020? <laughs> <laughs> could be. Speaking of unions, so Vince is... <laughs> 
This is not a great segue. Uh, so <laughs> I'm like, where's she going with this? Uh-oh. We'll take it. We, I appreciate you and your segues. So speaking of unions, so we find out that he gets in trouble for panhandling and I think trying to prostitute out his stepsister. So Yeah, they kind of glossed over that. <laughs> I was surprised that they never used any of the step sibling things. I'm I'm like applauding yeah. that, but like I was I was shocked there was never like I right? I was like you know who had sex from the family? The father and the mother? The yeah. married couple? They Again, banged? I feel like this entire thing was subverting our expectations of porn where it's like, "Oh, we expect them to wear wigs and then they put and then they pull the wig off." And it's like we expect the step siblings to have sex and then they totally don't. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Now, they did allude to the fact that they had messed around before their parents got married, but now True. it's weird. Now, yeah. So I'm like, wow, there's no weird stepfather hitting on the step. I'm like, yeah. this is forward thinking pornography. Yeah. You're never going to get on the Pornhub front page with an av- attitude like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yvette, remember when we were younger? Alice, you're still younger. Well, remember when the men were younger and they were always hot and ready at the word go? Like a pizza. But now in our older, more experienced days, men can get a boost in confidence in their performance in bed with a little help from our sponsor, BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable prescription with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them any time, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a tablet. So you'll be ready and arising when the opportunity comes or when it doesn't and you just want a hard-on to hang a coat off of. If you're in otherwise good health and have considered looking into this before, Blue Chew is a safe, fast, and two girls, one mic approved way to enhance your performance. Mm-hmm. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. And they're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And we hope our listeners aren't shy about their pleasure, but we understand this can be a delicate conversation with your doctor. With Blue Chew, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. All you have to do is use our special promo code, Two Girls. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com with promo code Two Girls, T-W-O-G-I-R-L-S, to try it for free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this episode. So Vince gets arrested and the cop is willing to take a thousand dollar bribe to make it all go away. So his father tries getting him a job as a janitor at the hospital. Vinny comes in thinking he's applying for a janitor's job. And then the hospital administrator basically is going through the resume and it sounds very impressive because his stoner friend, the one that we thought was... Griff. Yeah, Griff, the one who we can't determine his sexuality totally. Um, Totally fine. It's okay if he's fluid. We don't care. But the point is he really embellishes it to the point that he's getting like an ER trauma surgeon's job. He basically said that he, what was it, went to the uh, University of Michigan Medical School and graduated summa cum laude. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll get you not the janitor job. And it's uh, the friend had told him, yeah, don't take anything for less than $300 a week. And while they're doing contract negotiations, he asked for instead of $250, $300. And what he's really being offered is $300,000 as a doctor. Can we also talk about that $50,000 jump in negotiations that went so quickly? How the fuck? Who are you? How, he motherfucker? He offered him $250, how? and he just came back. Just he countered with 300 sure. 
Yeah. Well, he knew what? he was lowballing a doctor of that caliber, and oh. uh, and then when he got called on it, he's like, "Yeah, okay, well, right I figured you were school, smart man. enough." <laughs> also, can we talk about the fact that uh, a porno just left a come loud joke like on the table without even making a joke out of, about it? Like there was so I'm proud many. About it. Yeah, there was so much wordplay that they were just like, "No, nah, we're not going to do that. We're above it." <laughs> not even a wink to the camera. On it. I'm not sure yeah. if I. I'm undecided on if I'm okay with that or not. I crave it in my porn, and I feel like it should be there almost. I mean, this was kind of like, I feel like the kink here is like edging because they, they <laughs> present they present like a bunch of things. I mean, like Vinny is like in love with Riley Steele, and then yeah. the, end of the end of the movie is them not having sex. Like they've what? already become boyfriend and girlfriend, and they were just like, yep, yeah, uh, movie over. It was very wholesome. And yeah, yeah that was shocking. Yeah. I was, I'm, I'm still kind of about how that worked out. Cause it was just a, like right before it sex scene with like other random characters. One of the things I also want to talk about is, by the way, I had to do research on, is it a crime to claim to be a doctor or to yes. impersonate a doctor? <laughs> yes. I, I feel, I feel it is. Cause yeah. that's, uh, because, and I, I believe the reasoning it's, I'm speaking from conjecture and I want to know if it's right from your notes, uh, because it is a job that requires a medical license and practicing without a license is the part that makes it illegal. Is that correct? Yes. However, so first off, simply telling others that you're an RN or a doctor to, let's say, uh, get a free cup of coffee or get a like, mm. that's not illegal. That's you just misdemeanor that. stolen valor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, forging a prescription. On Twitter, everyone's a lawyer. It's, it's like how chiropractors call themselves doctors. They're not. I do appreciate that you, if you pretend to be a doctor to the barista uh, to get free coffee, it's not illegal. But if you pretend to be a soldier, now it's a crime. Wait, I didn't do my research on this. What? Yeah, yeah. Stolen valor is like an actual thing. Like it's actual. That's yeah. actually a criminal. I don't think it's in like every state necessarily, but I know it's definitely in some. I believe it's a federal offense. Yeah. If, I'm sure we have a few uh, a, a few military personnel listening. Uh, if you can clarify, or if you feel motivated enough to clarify, I'm sure you're busy. Uh, email us. Let us know. Oh yeah. The Stolen Valor Act of 2013 was signed by President Barack Obama on June 3rd, 2013. The act makes it a federal crime. Wow. Wow. So if you get a free cup of coffee for pretending you're a soldier, you've committed a crime, right? Jesus. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Correct me. Write in info to We have an email for a reason. More than likely, technically it would be, but it's more that the question is who's going to prosecute. Hmm. Starbucks? I don't know. Yeah. And at what point um, is it stolen valor if you pretend to have a podcast in order to get free things and, you know, pick up ladies? I mean, do Where's you have to pretend valor? to have a podcast? That's that's stolen squalor, actually. That's what they call <laughs> oh, it. God. <laughs> Same, true. really. Same. So forging a prescription would be forgery, fraud, and practicing medicine without a license. I mean, let me put it this way. An individual who impersonates a physician and treats a patient, I mean, that's basically would constitute as assault um and the oh, you know damn. yeah so basically you could be charged with a uh, theft by deception but you know any prescriptions or medical uh let's say scans or tests that you required that's definitely forgery on the list of charges oh so and each state has their own laws i know as far as misrepresenting yourself as a licensed medical practitioner but what i'm saying is go to a real doctor 
Yeah. I think that's what yeah. we're all trying to say. Yeah, yeah. please. If Tommy Pistol shows up with a, a different wig on, that's not a doctor. He still has many more months of medical school to pass. I mean, it might actually be Keanu Reeves because, mm. you know, they, they there's a resemblance there. <laughs> yeah. But in that case, let him examine you. I'm just shocked that this ended with... Okay, so spoiler alert, Tommy ends up basically passing his... And we'll go through some other fun points that happen in the uh-huh. movie. Yeah, I have but, some I other mean, questions. It, it basically <laughs> wraps up with that he's found out that he's not a real doctor. So he goes yes. to studies, takes the test, gets his license, and they hire him. What the fuck? How is he not in jail? Yeah. This should have ended him with him in jail. Yeah. That's the 500 days of summer ending, you know? Like, did you ever see that movie where there's like a montage where he becomes Yeah, a, it's like montage doctor time. Yep. Like, that's that's how he this He should have been doing some uh, equations on a window because that's usually in, in movies, like they're always doing equations on a window when they become... Uh, He's just sitting on the library floor for a while with a bunch of books. Not medical, like these are not medical textbooks. They're small, like little, like <laughs> Nancy Drew books, you know? Spark no- you know, it's the Cliff Notes version. It's the little like charts that you have showing like the anatomy of the human body, a bunch of things showing like the atrial valve. That's all he needs to get through. Yeah. That's all you need to be a doctor. You need to know the tricuspid. The editing was inspired though, where he's oh, having yeah. flashbacks was- through the anatomical charts. Like that was pretty brilliant. Oh, yeah. That was like that Tim, was and- Tim and Eric level like comedic editing choices. It was beautiful. I mean, and we do have to, to discuss the poo explosion. Yeah. The Least what? favorite scene. The poo explosion. Oh yeah, let's talk about the poo explosion. The poo explosion. So first of all, it wasn't realistic at all. I was disappointed with that. So what happens is he's giving a woman an enema. Now, first, a doctor is not going to be giving more than likely a doctor is not going to be giving an enema. It's probably going to be a nurse or actually no first year residents could be a thing. I don't know if I'm if I'm speaking out my ass. Yell at me. <laughs> hey, if you're a resident, uh, right in. By the way, I mean, like if they would have done that, like because act like porn actors do do douches and like enemas and stuff like why if they would have just filmed her doing one for real like that would have it would have won double the amount of avian awards like that would have been kind right? of a brilliant choice if but instead they did like the it? lame like sitcom the t- like i've seen that joke where someone gets poop on their face like in mainstream bad movies before that's true yeah. they did use chocolate syrup um I'll, I'll give them props for that but yeah i mean i don't know how i would feel if there was an actual poo explosion yeah though. i don't think i could handle that this was a joke in bad moms i was trying to remember what the what crappy movie i saw this in was they it? actually they literally did poop on the face in bad moms with mila, mila kunis Oh, I was thinking about something, uh, another movie where someone licked something, th- trying to figure out if it was poop or chocolate. Yeah. And of course it was chocolate. One of the things that I had a problem with, though, is um, I say this and it's a porn, so of how sexual they were in the hospital. But <laughs> so here's some good news, though. I found actually a couple interesting studies which might actually help support the narrative of this hospital, I guess. <laughs> So, are hospitals horny places according to science? <laughs> Did you Google sex hospital? Question mark. Are you doctors and nurses just all banging in there? Is that's what? Is this why it takes forever to get somebody up in triage? 
that's Doctors Without Borders in a different way. (laughs) But I stumbled upon a fact that I had to double check that said men should ejaculate at least 21 times per month to reduce the risk of developing prostate cancer. And I wanted to see how true that was. And I didn't run my own tests. I'm going to start there. But... Apparently, there were a couple studies. So first off, there was a study back in um, 1992 with 29,000 men between the ages of 46 and 81 providing information about the number of ejaculations per month in their young adulthood, middle age, and the most recent year. Basically, they collected the data every two years until the study concluded in 2000. So they found no evidence to suggest that frequent ejaculations marked a risk of increase of prostate cancer. In fact, they found the reverse was true and that high ejaculation frequency was linked to a decreased risk. And compared to men who reported four to seven ejaculations a month across their lifetimes, men who ejaculate 21 times or more enjoyed a 31% lower risk of prostate cancer. So why is that not an iPhone app? Like I should have that on my iPhone watch as a st- instead of the step counter. Like- <laughs> I need, I need one that tracks, you know, the number, it, like it has to have like a cum sensor. There's got to be some like month of the year for that. Like there's, you know, we've already got like no shave November or whatever. Um, what's the actual name of it? Oh, um, the one with the mustache and the beards. Vince, you Movember. have facial hair. November. Yeah. Movember. I've never played Movember. It's, like, it's like there's got to be one. Maybe it, there has to be a month for, you know, masturbation for prostate cancer. That's a yeah. clever pun that we can. Skeet Timber or Jizuary. Uh, <laughs> oh, Fapuary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Fapuary. I like that one. Guys. We're halfway into February. Start. (laughs) Start now. I like it. (laughs) Tell all your friends. But there was another study as well uh, where it was an Australian study with 2,300 men, and they found the same exact thing, except it was in men who averaged 4.6 to 7 ejaculations a week. Wow, that's a lot of cum. Uh, You were 36% less likely to be diagnosed with prostate cancer before the age of 70. Sure. So, guys... Jerk it to prevent asshole cancer. You're welcome. Wow. I can prevent that. That's impressive. They need to have a gape roll for uh, when we check our butts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that. Ooh, I like that gape roll. Mm. That also could be still applied to having a gaping asshole in April. So you're welcome. Yeah, that's like the butt sex month. Gape roll. Also, for um, a nickname for any April who enjoys butt sex. <laughs> oh, God. You're welcome, April O'Neil. This is for you. <laughs> that porn has to exist. And if it doesn't, I hope it does eventually. So was there anything that stood out to you else in this porn? Okay, so I wanted to go back to the ambiguously gay bandmate because I, like, I missed the part because I was fast forwarding through the sex, which you guys told me I could do, full disclosure. That's what I did for this one as well. And then I missed the part where he put some sort of cockering apparatus. Uh, and what was that? Did they introduce that? Was that a product placement? Oh, I missed oh. it. Oh, what cockering? There was a cockering apparatus? Yeah. And I, oh, shit. And I thought, like, I couldn't tell, like, it had something. It wasn't just, like, a regular cock ring. It looked like it had some more technology there. Like, I didn't know if it was, like, a cock ring cam, like a GoPro. GaPro, that would be a good one. It does Uh, exist, by the way. A GoPro for your cock. You're welcome. Yeah. So that's what I thought that was. Like, I wasn't sure. And I didn't, and I missed the part where he, like, introduced it. It was just, like, all of a sudden they're fucking. and And then the next second he had this sort of cock ring, fancy cock ring thing. 
Wow. Oh, man. Okay, I got to go back and rewatch it. I did not realize that. The things I miss about porn when I don't watch the sex. (laughs) See, I cared more about how he decided to clean a floor. Like, he watched a YouTube video, supposedly, where someone tried cleaning a floor with a blowtorch and rubbing alcohol. alcohol. That was Um, a very confusing plot point. And also, uh, so when he was having the sex with the cock ring, because they introduced him as gay, then he started having sex with the stepsister. And again, like I said, this is a porno about edging because you're expecting like the ambiguously gay character to Im- immediately like rush into anal. But then there was no anal and it was like, oh, OK, I guess there was that wasn't what they were going for there, which. All right. Sure. I did appreciate, though, the continuity because. You know, they kept some of those small tidbits for the end. So, like, it was important for him to learn how to use the blowtorch and rubbing alcohol on the floor so he could set the hospital on fire at the end. Yeah. Which is why we don't get the Tommy Pistol and Riley uh, sex scene that, you know, we all thought was going to happen. This has, like, more complex writing than, like, the last Star Wars movie. Like, there's more, like, (laughs) just, like, the plot lines that come, that you think are gone and then they come back in the end. Oh. I think this this porn more than any other that we have watched proves my initial uh, postulate from this podcast that if you take out the plot, you still get out of a porn what you go in there for. Because the sex in this porn was so disconnected. Like there were scenes that were sex scenes that were just like completely disconnected from the the plot of it. Enti- like they were characters that like, do we remember the characters that had sex in some of the sex scenes? No. There were like, I think there were at least I don't, two that I, I really don't. There was one masturbation scene with the nurse that went in and complained about um, yeah. about being harassed. I remember that just because I was like, oh, this is the entire. OK, I thought there was I thought there was something else. But nope. I remember there was a Dr. Seaman. That's all yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. No, Do- Danny Seaman, cardiologist. That was one That's of my it. big laugh. <laughs> Big that, was, that was pretty solid. It's pretty solid. But yeah, there was like weird flashback sex where they kind of. Like you thought they were going to use the flashback more as a sexual device because the first the first yeah. time she went into the uh, hospital administrator's office, she like that led into flashback sex. But then later flashbacks, there was like naked people in the flashbacks, but then it didn't turn into sex. Yeah, that's true. I mean, don't most flashbacks have someone naked? True. It's like dreams, right? That's why they call them flashbacks, am I right? Hey. Uh. And, oh, and there was gratuitous nudity that didn't involve sex. There was a guy with a hospital gown that was undone, uh, running around on <laughs> yeah. amphetamines, uh, punching out the hospital administrator. And that yes. was amusing. That was artful use of nudity in a non-pornographic way. Also, naked trauma victim lady. Like, I thought for sure they were going to do something super <laughs> kinky with that, and then they totally didn't. And uh, I don't know. I respected that they didn't, but I also... Also would have respected the boldness if they somehow like incorporated uh, like gross surgery into uh, sex somehow. I respect the choices they made. I'm surprised that they like they could have leaned into some of the weirdness more. I think they had to draw a line somewhere, I guess. I almost felt like I was watching kind of like a really, really offshoot episode of Scrubs, like the last season. (laughs) Yes, I mean, it's like we, I, I feel like we almost had our Dr. Cox character in, in our- Arguably uh, as funny too. Yeah. 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 I, I would go with that. That was the one that uh, that I thought of when I was watching this too, was kind of a little bit scrubsy and- Dr. Scrubsy and he's Armenian. <laughs> Which will be exactly the name of the Dr. Cox character, I'm sure, in the Scrubs porn parody, 
Dr. Scrubsian. <laughs> Did I say Dr. Scrubsian? Oh, my no, God. I, that was my invention, but... You oh, okay, shit. Don't take credit for it. <laughs> oh, How dare okay. you? Sorry. <laughs> Doctor. No, no, no. You get to keep the credit, Vince. It was your word, right? <sighs> okay. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take credit for all the shitty jokes. That's usually what I do. It's hilarious. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much like my thoughts about this film. <laughs> so we have some patrons to thank as usual. Brian Butcher, XGD Falcon, Walter Cortzano, Dave Dionysus, James, Jeff Peterson, Mark Romer, Graham Smallwood, Grant, Bob Dole, Bob St. Jacuz, Claude Leblue, Bethany Nicole, Alexandra Dees, Carl, and many, many others. And by the way, if you want to become a patron yourself, just head on over to twogirlsonemike.com or patreon.com slash twogirlsonemike. So you can help support the show, help support the editing costs, and help support us and Watching more porn. It, and by the way, so Yvette, I found out a new stat. What new stat? Uh, women pay for more porn. What? Yep. Let's hear the numbers. So uh, according to X Hamster Data Center, uh, according to a... <laughs> Look, you know it's good. We, have, we need... You, you, hey, if it's from X Hamster, you know it's quality. Women outspend men by nearly two to one margin when purchasing adult content. Uh, they took oh over 100,000 visitors to the site, had them complete a short survey, and women spent on average over $129 on adult content per year to immense $66. <gasps> I'm just Gentlemen. like picturing someone out like canvassing for a political candidate and being like, well, according to the X Hamster Media Center, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they say the true cost of the healthcare in this country is X hamster, <laughs> the one and only X hamster. Or it's like, or it's like JD Power and Associates whenever they the do car, car commercials. The operating since two thousand three X hamster. Yeah. According to the X hamster media center, <laughs> Subarus uh, have the highest resale value of anything in its class. Oh my God. Actually, now I would love if X Hamster ran uh, surveys for stuff that was not related to porn. So surveys regarding Toyota, Honda, what Mm -hmm. kind of car people drove. Uh, Can they take over for J.D. Power and Associates? No one really knows what they do. They measure customer satisfaction. That's all they need to do. Right. So uh, they're doing the same thing at the X Hamster data center. I feel Pornhub could has a big enough reach that they could manage to get surveys like these done and get more info from people. Yeah, there'd be J.O. Power and Associates. Uh, they measure customer satisfaction among among uh, X-rated oh. websites. Oh, dear. Oh, man. Uh, but they did also find that on average, the women were younger, most, more sexually fluid, and more likely to be in a relationship and less interested in monogamy, the ones who did pay for their porn. Huh. Yeah, that's the fun crowd. Can we can we talk about how of all the props I felt like weirdly the wine was the worst one? Like they were drinking wine that looked like red Kool-Aid at one point. Like what the hell wine was that? Not Francia? wine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to guess just not wine. Yeah, it's got to be like vodka cranberry or something. Cuz you don't want to get, you know, your UTIs. That's uh they drink a lot of vodka crayon on the porn set. Or, I mean, I know um, a lot of actors won't work. I mean, this is not everyone I know, but a lot of actors won't work uh, under the influence. Makes sense. It might have just been some sort of red fluid. <laughs> what they're saying is did they didn't say use so enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a red fluid, Vincent. What did you think? My God. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you want to talk about red fluids? <laughs> Tell me more about the fluids. <laughs> oh my God, sorry. Now I'm going to refer to my time of the month as the red fluid. <laughs> <laughs> the red fluid awaits. 
I feel like our Twitter mentions are going to randomly like have people talk about hashtag the red fluids. <laughs> that was my favorite episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> the red fluid. Uh, Remember when Donald Trump brought up uh, the red fluid during a debate? <laughs> <laughs> Megan Kelly had a red fluid all over. Are we going to make the red fluid happen or now? We have to now. Ready the guillotines. Let's make the red fluid flow. <laughs> uh, so, Vince, where can our listeners find you? They can find me at Uproxx or on the Film Drunk Frotcast, F-R-O-T, cast, because we thought frotting was an effective metaphor for podcasting. Uh, you know, men rubbing their penises together. Uh, and <laughs> we also... Not wrong. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I feel like we predated the whole a group of white men is called the podcast joke uh, with just the title of our podcast, which we came up with like 10 years ago. But uh, and then we have another podcast that is about the Sopranos, which is called Pod Yourself a Gun. Nice. Yeah. I should eventually watch the Sopranos because everything happened in New Jersey, in northern New Jersey specifically. And I mean, from the clips I've seen, it reminds me of my teenage years and all my Italian friends. And a lot of the places look very familiar, so. Yeah, they did uh, They did do a lot of Jersey split. I didn't know that you were from northern New Jersey, so now we might have I to have get flaws, you I have flaws, I know. <laughs> yeah, we might have to get you on to talk about The Sopranos. Jersey permeates. Jersey just, it's it's in ya. I haven't watched The Sopranos, so you can't have me on without watching it, right? Well, yeah. Well, you'd have to watch your first episode, but that might be good. You'd be like, a, we haven't had a Sopranos version on yet, but it's been, we've been planning on having at least one. Are you going to take Alice's Sopranos virginity? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, should and I be it, watching this? This is this is very <laughs> very sexually charged. Is it? <laughs> no, no. Um, I was just leaning. I was just going for it. In. <laughs> totally fair. You lean in. I question the leans. <laughs> just go leading in on a bad joke. Sometimes it works out when we have a podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, some people, they accidentally tear their Sopranos hymen when they're horseback riding when they're 10. But, you know, other people, they actually have to, you know, get their Sopranos virginity taken for real. Some of us just have to bang a pizza guy from New Jersey. I'm not yeah. saying that's a real life experience, but I understand. By the way, is there a Sopranos? There's got to be a Sopranos porn parody. You guys did that already probably, right? There is. Did you do it while I was on hiatus? Or no, no, but there is. I found one. Oh, man. I And I haven't watched The Sopranos, so I was going to say before we're both going to have to watch some Sopranos before we do the parody. So we'll have you and we'll have Matt Liebon. And if that name sounds familiar, go back to listen to episode 19. That's his co-host, Quick Matt Lieb. porn. Yes. We reviewed The Big Lebowski Triple X and we we had your co-host from the Fraudcast on. Yeah, so. now that I'm thinking about it, you guys should have watched the Sopranos porn parody for that one. So that's that's Matt's fault. Clearly. Yeah. But I think the episode predates the Sopranos podcast you guys have. Oh, no. We've had that. For, we've uh, you, guys, you guys had him on what? A month ago, a year and a half. Oh, no. oh, oh he really? Was one of our okay. fir- he was one of our early guests. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. Then yeah, he, that predates. He came it. on when no one knew what we were doing. <laughs> awesome. So, Yvette, where can our listeners find you? 
Y'all can find me at the Cybabe over on Twitter and Instagram and over at Facebook.com slash Cybabe where I'm being funny and snarky and sciencey. Uh, and right now uh, at uh, Cybabe.com is down and it's going to be down for like a week while I'm transferring my site over to a new server. Anyways, um, it might even be up by the time this episode's up. Who the fuck knows? Anyways, uh, but yeah, it's find me over at all the Cybabes. Alice, where can our listeners find you and all of our stuff? You guys can find me over on Twitter at Rational Blonde. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at TGOM Podcast. But of course, we you can always find us here every week and you better leave us a review or comment. That's not a threat. I was just hoping. <laughs> no, it's a threat. Okay, fine. It's a threat. <laughs> so leave us a review in the comment section. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, even better. If you're not, that's fine. But we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.